Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Andy Murray from What Culture to answer your burning wrestling questions. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on wrestle culture as i said though i am joined by andy murray to take on the q and a community and andy let's start <laughs> with someone who's uh in the news quite a lot today in uh, john cena uh, i won't ask you the really tough question i'll instead uh, pick this question from tim vixulis apologies tim if i butchered your surname there who asks uh, would you guys like to see cena involved in another title run or do you genuinely think that it will never happen again yeah, PR-wise, that would probably be a bit of a tough sell uh, after the past couple of days, wouldn't it, uh, at the moment? John Cena, I think about this more than I probably should because he's got that Ric Flair 16-world title thing kind of hanging there. He's equaled the record. Um, should he take that record as his own or has the moment passed? I think that there's a very compelling way to use John Cena with that story. The old veteran's coming back. He wants to get the record. He wants to get his 17th world title. He wants to make that his own and then failing. I think mm. that's the best option here. It's a good story. Desperate kind of John Cena, not quite the competitor he was, you know, X amount of year, years ago, not super Cena anymore. He's a mortal man now. And he's coming back to this world where if you look at the world champions now, look at these beastly men on top on Raw and SmackDown. They're just too much for this aging war dog to cope with. I think that that would be the best way to use him. You could easily book Cena versus Reigns for SummerSlam and have Reigns go over him with that story. Um, I think a sad ending to that quest for John Cena is more compelling than winning the title. Winning the title is an increasingly hard sell for part-time performers, mm. right? Like a, a section of the fan base just isn't going to take that. Uh, regardless of if John Cena came back, you know, for however many months and did well with TV numbers. I, I, I think there's too much bad will with how performers of his nature have been booked. So for me, you skip giving him the title, but you could absolutely give him one last big feud on top uh, in a losing role. I think that'd be great TV. And if, you know, pay-per-view numbers were still a thing, I think it would pop a nice one of those as well. 
me and Hamlet did a podcast uh, over the weekend, I believe it came out, regarding John Cena's return. I think there was speculation from the Wrestling Observer that he could be back on that SmackDown, the first SmackDown with fans, which I think is around like the 16th of July, something like that, uh, where Edge and, and Sasha Banks are being advertised for it. And we booked it. I booked it. I said, you have Cena return on that show, comes back and he says, you know what? It's nice to be back. I haven't got a great deal of time left in this company. I'm very busy with film projects, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to add myself to the Money in the Bank ladder match. You put him in there, give him a few nice spots, and then suddenly in the match, your, your biggies, your Sami Zayn's, your Aleister Blacks, whoever it may be, they're all down, and Cena's there. He's alone in the ring, and he's climbing the ladder, and you're thinking oh my God, John Cena's going to win money in the bank. Except you've got a close-up of Cena at the top, reaching for the briefcase. The ladder topples over. Who's pushed it? He's not in the match. But Jey Uso has been sent out by Roman Reigns, who, of course, wouldn't want John Cena with a potential cash in at any time standing over him. And then you can have whoever you want win it, basically. I don't really care off the back of that. But exactly, you set up the feud for SummerSlam, John Cena, Roman Reigns to break the record, to take the universal title off Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Copy-paste what happened with John Cena and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam all those years ago. Have him get murdered. And then he can go off and do more film stuff and occasionally pop up and do the the odd sort of, like you say, Legends match. But no, I wouldn't put the title on him, especially not now. It does feel like a bit of a kick in the dick if... You know, I know he's not champion now, but the likes of Drew McIntyre and, and Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns have carried this company through the ongoing global bastard. And the moment fans come back, you're like, hey, here's John Cena with the belt. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on, lads. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't do it. Um, but let's know your thoughts. I'd love to know more fans' thoughts on this because it's it's kind of a big question mark because we used to know the, the the feeling around John Cena amongst wrestling fans. And I think that's changed a lot, especially off the back of the, the Firefly Funhouse thing with uh, with Bray Wyatt. Interesting how he sells that, of course, if he comes back too. But but yeah, I think I think there would be that panic around the hardcore of the hardcore that, oh my God, he can't be the one to end Reigns' yeah. like insane run. Uh, and it would just, yeah, really solidify. And then I sort of mentioned this on the podcast as well. If you f- give him Cena at SummerSlam, I know they don't necessarily hold off on matches, but fans go, well, if he's not Cena at WrestleMania, they must have something big. Now, that could be the coronation of Big E, for example, or it could be the other two big names, them being Brock or The Rock at WrestleMania. So really exciting regardless. And I, I think that's the best way to book him if you can, like you say, this uh, confusing for us cloud hanging over him right now, uh, hopefully uh, that can be resolved and moved on from. Let's talk a little bit about AEW. Obviously, big stuff coming up for them this weekend. Before we talk a little bit about Double or Nothing, which I, I've got a great question about as well. This one from Mindrunner says, uh, Cheers, gents. With AEW's women's division doing very well uh, and a new show, AEW Rampage, in August, of course, do you see women's tag titles in the near future, perhaps mid-July, when a certain iconic... Uh, tandem becomes available and you know what i'm gonna add to this everyone else who's asked the questions more recently about the trios title which hasn't been announced but seems to be inevitable now what do you reckon about more more titles in AEW? so i i I do think there were a point where with this new show coming in 
we we do have room for another belt. Um, I know there's a lot of belt fatigue uh, because WWE across their 7 million brands has 12 million titles. Um, and there have been times when I felt that myself, but when you're bringing an extra hour on board, you've got, you know, room for probably another 12 to 15 minute title fight every week. If you want to do that, um, with regards to what kind of belt should that be? Think with, the women's tag division i don't think that we're at a point yet where we can do that credibly where we like i'm tony can where <laughs> AEW can do that with a degree of credibility if you did that division even in july or or later on you're you're still looking at a situation where you don't really have any established women's tag teams um to, to put in there you'd have to throw groups of people together um now with evil east leaving the company for you know varying reasons um, her tag team with Diamante, that's no more, obviously. Um, you've got Kylan King and, and Big Swole. Uh, and, you know, they've been teaming up. The Red Velvet's associated with them as well on Dark and Dark Elevation. So there's a couple of things you can work with, but I don't think it's deep enough for a division yet. I think if they wanted to look at that in the future, it might be wise for them to focus on just nailing the singles division first, because like you say, the women's division has made great strides in 2021. Um, I think it is much improved. If you look at when Hikaru Shida, and I'm not slandering Hikaru Shida, I think she's done everything she can as champion mm. and done a great job. But if you look at when she started her run as champion and you look at the division now, it is so much healthier. Mm. You got the likes of Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, who can have a great match, seemingly with a broomstick. Britt Baker is all round one of the absolute best wrestlers in North America for me. Prospects like Ty Conti and Anna Jay. It's the division's in good health, but there is still a way to go. We're only getting like one eight to ten minute match every week. You got to build it up. You got to keep making step forwards, and I feel like women's tag titles would be a step too far with regards to the the iconics or whatever they end up going. Uh, Jesse and Cassie, whatever they end up going by mm -hmm. uh, as a team, if they continue teaming, Impact for me seems the perfect place yes. for them, um, which obviously allows for crossovers into AEW. But I just think they'd be such a good fit with their personalities on that show on a show that already has women's tag team titles. So a um, little bit too soon for me, but maybe something we can look at in the future. Trios titles I've been calling for for about a year. Um, as soon as Death Triangle first came together last year, you kind of it prompted a lot of us to sit back and go, okay, there's this trio, there's this one, there's this one, there's this one. So many options across the roster. One of the big benefits of having a roster where pretty much everyone is in a stable is that you have all endless pairings effectively for this trios division now some have gone their separate ways since since all of this came together uh scu for one example but um you know the pinnacle of forms you could take a group out of there the inner circle a uh, deaf triangle is still kicking about when one of the lucha brothers isn't injured uh, which <laughs> seems to be never at the moment unfortunately poor guys uh you got the super elite there's lots of combinations i think the timing is right I think that the roster has been ready for it for a while. I believe that they were gearing up for something like this before the Global Bastard kicked in. Um, it just makes sense to me. Let's bring it in. Why not start that new show? What, Rampage, The Rock, whatever. Uh, start that off with a tournament. Why the hell not? They do tournaments well, and I think it's time for the trios titles. So, good question, this. I like it. Yeah, and I, I, do, I completely agree with that. And I think... Uh the beauty of potentially starting a tournament on rampage and delivering you know something new 
on the anniversary of All In at All Out in presumably September would just be perfect to to, to crown those trios tag team champions. So I, I, I really like that. And I completely, I couldn't agree any more with you regarding uh, women's tag titles in AW. Not for me, certainly not right now. But yeah, put them, put them in impact, give them the tag team titles and then have a man say, you know, uh, have... Britt Baker issue a challenge or whoever it may be. Can you imagine the reaction if Peyton Royce with Billy Kay? I know they're not Cassie and Jesse, but you know, uh, answered that with with Billy cheerleading at ring. I just think there's so much potential for them. I'm really excited to see what they do next. And whilst we're whilst we're here, let's give a quick mention to their uh, Offer Chops podcast, a new podcast every Friday from them. Well worth checking out that thing. Whilst we're still on AEW. Uh, Michael Coffey, we keep getting asked this question quite a lot, uh, and we are very close to, of course, double or nothing on Sunday night. Michael Coffey asks, is Daniel Bryan the mystery entrant for the Casino Battle Royal? Oh, man. Um, I think that a lot of us, myself included, are setting ourselves up to be disappointed Mm. with the mystery entrant in this Casino Battle Royale because the free agent market is quite exciting at the moment. Obviously it sucks that people have lost their jobs, right. Mm. And the circumstances and everything else. But if you're a wrestling fan, it's really cool to think who could possibly show up in companies, uh, you know, particularly when all those WWE non-competes come up at July. So at the moment you look at AEW and you think, wow, Daniel Bryan, oh man, Andrade, that would make sense. He's got the match with Kenny Omega and AAA coming up. Wow. That would work. That would work. Lads, it's going to be Paul White. Um, Paul White's going to be the guy in this match. That's kind of like this feeling that I just can't shake out of my gut. Everyone's going to be expecting, you know, the countdown to go off and some version of the final countdown or flight of the Valkyries to come on and we'll get, well, it's Paul. (laughs) Um, Which, look, I wouldn't necessarily be against. I like Paul White. I think he comes across as a very nice guy and I think he still has something to offer. But, uh, Brian, I still feel is going to end up back in WWE. I mm. think maybe he might be the guy who can finally convince them to to let him do some fun stuff elsewhere. Maybe he's a very persuasive dude, and there's no chance that WWE are going to want that guy going somewhere else because he can be a difference maker. He can go to a company like AEW and help them business wise, um, as well as creatively, of course, because he's the one of the top one best wrestlers of all time. Mm. So. Um, I'm dubious uh, that it will be him. I, I I would obviously love it to be him. But I yeah. think he's he's an all timer. But uh, maybe we should temper our expectations just a little bit. I don't want to see nice guy Paul White getting rubbish online if it's no. him. So I felt so bad when it was. I felt bad it when it was uh, Christian and in Ethan yeah. Page, for example. And I was exactly. like, well, that's not, not their fault that you build up in your head. I mean, it is partially AEW's fault, but it's certainly not, it wasn't Ethan Page's fault, it wasn't Christian's fault. And it won't be, like you say, if it's Big Show, for example, Paul White's fault. I don't think it's Daniel Bryan. I completely agree. I've also made, uh, made a rod for my own back with all this, right? Because I, uh, I, I think I must have clicked on Twitter on, you know, one of those fake posts that's like, John Cena's coming back to Raw this week. And then you realize you look at it and it's like an old logo of Raw and it's just some bollocks and it's like WWE, but spelt with a three or something. So <laughs> presumably because of the unique way that social media works now, my phone is like, oh, do you want some more bollocks rumors? So I got a thing like a push notification the other day that was like, Daniel Bryan's restarting with WWE. And I was like, oh, well, that's that dealt with then. I But I agree. I think he's he's taking some time off maybe. Or maybe he's already signed and they're just not making a big deal of it. I don't think it's going to be Daniel Bryan. I would like, yeah, like you would love it to be. And then, yeah, in my head, 
I always think, oh, it's going to be, you know, someone big and what have you. But, you know, in the past, we've seen like Hangman was was the first, of course, back in the day. Um, uh, and my problem is, is I would say Andrade, but then Andrade has to win. And for me, I don't know about you, Christian's winning this. So yeah. whoever it is, like if it is, I think Paul White might be the best shout because then he can get eliminated. And it's not like, here's this new guy, but he can't win his first match. Yeah. Yeah, me and uh, me and Sidgwick actually kind of fantasy booked this a little bit in the office yesterday. But if Paul White won, Paul White and Kenny Omega is a really weird, interesting match, <laughs> isn't it? What the <laughs> hell would that look like? How, what finisher can Omega use? He can't put him up for the one winged <laughs> angle. <laughs> can you imagine if he tried? Oh my god! Like that is so strange. And I'm willing to accept that it might be a disaster, but it is so weird that I kind of want to see it. So maybe I'm going to work myself into wanting Paul White oh, to be the Joker. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I love, well, it's Paul. It's, it's a really yeah. funny Paul. thing. Uh, Fraser Cranium. Fraser often uh, tweets at us. Apologies, I, I have to miss Fraser's questions, but I'm going to remember to mention him today because Fraser says, all right, lads, hope you're both doing great. I'm doing good, thanks, Fraser. Got my, uh, got my vaccine booked in for Monday, so I'm very excited hey. for that. Uh, he says, this one's for my fellow Scotsman, Andy Murray. Which non-Western promotion, feud or wrestler would you recommend checking out for those looking to broaden their wrestling horizons? Love as always, boys. Cheers for that, Frazier. Yeah, often we we, we sort of get yeah. stuck in this rut of talking about WWE yeah. and AEW and occasionally Impact Wrestling. But there's there's so much more out there and, and you're more, far more knowledgeable than I am about that sort of thing. What What would you recommend for people looking to broaden their horizons? Well, I think a more accurate description of, of your your very kind introduction there would be you are more of a bad dork than I am because I am <laughs> and I uh, watch a lot of different stuff. Um, so my favorite promotion to watch all year, and I've tweeted this a couple of times, uh, is DDT. Um, I love DDT. It's, it's such a well-booked, refined promotion that I feel gives me everything I want every time I tune in. Now, DDT obviously has these associations with, you know, when you first hear about this promotion, you hear you hear about uh, comedy matches, you hear about blow-up dolls, you hear about uh, wrestling little girls and stuff like this. There is a comedy element to DDT, but the thing about it is that it's usually restricted to just one or maybe two matches on the card, typically on the undercard, in the opener, and you can skip right through them and get to the good stuff. And the good stuff is very, very good. It's a very expressive promotion in terms of what they do in the ring. There are legitimately people in that company who, if you're used to like one style of wrestling, maybe if you're a sports entertainment fan or you dabble in New Japan, these guys are working a style that is completely unique to both. There is elements of everything in this. There are big power guys like Yuki Hino and Yuji Hino. Um, but then there are smaller, craftier wrestlers. Like my favorite in the entire company is a guy called Yuki Ueno. So my recommendation to anyone who wants to maybe get out there and, and explore some more wrestling and, and experience some new things in the sport, which is a really good way of getting rid of burnout, by the way, if you ever mm. feel tired by wrestling. Is definitely DDT. They've got the Wrestle Universe uh, subscription service. It works out at about if you're in the UK, it's about seven pounds a month. It's it's not a whole lot. The shows go up promptly. It's good streaming quality. You can just stick them on, kind of get lost in it. Uh, and if you want a starting point for that company, just check out Yuki Ueno's title matches this year. He's had a tremendous run, really diverse range of opponents. Uh, his match with Yusuke Okada is one of my favorite of the year. 
so far. And they've also, if you sign up for Wrestle Universe, you also get Tokyo Joshi Pro and Pro Wrestling Noah as ah. a nice bonus as well. So if you can tolerate, if you can tolerate the great Muta's title matches at 70 years old, <laughs> there's that there as a bonus as well, my friends. But yeah, I love this question. I love talking about DDT whenever I get a chance. If you do that and you want some match recommendations or some show recommend or like a little bit of help navigating wrestle universe it does have english translations but i can still appreciate that these things these new systems are you know take a while to get used to mm -hmm. hit me on twitter andy h murray i'll hit right hit you right back with some recommendations and we can nerd out on obscure uh japanese wrestling together we'll have a great time it'll be tremendous but yeah ddt rules go for it Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's continue with some more questions we got sent uh, on Twitter at Adam Wilborn, at Andy H. Murray, at WhatCultureWWE, of course. Uh, spectator, oh, thanks for this. Yes, bringing back <laughs> memories from two years ago. Whenever I see Double or Nothing 2019 Mox's entrance, I hope to see Adam Wilborn in the crowd saying, It's a work. Yes, I distinctly remember <laughs> Phil Chambers and Adam Cleary. He was they were lucky enough uh, alongside me to go out there and, and report on all this. And we did a live podcast. And yeah, thanks to Comrade for sorting all that as well. It was ridiculous that weird series of events. I think like three days before the event. We were in Newcastle and then suddenly we were on a plane going to Las Vegas and what have you. And Amazing. I distinctly remember saying, oh, well, uh, he hasn't touched him yet, which still means he could technically work with WWE. Why he would show up on a... Anyway, regardless, <laughs> the question from Spectator says, uh, what are the other big surprises in wrestling you folks remember that made you super happy? What, Andy Murray, is the best wrestling surprise ever? Oh man, um, that is such a tough question. But uh, honest to goodness, it's it's very hard for me to look beyond Edge's return in the exactly yeah. Royal Rumble, right? And I'm I'm aware of recency bias and everything else, but it's like it was just so perfect, wasn't it? Because there were you know going the guy had been out for the best part of a decade, and even though going into it, there were some whispers here and there about various things involving Edge. 
they were kind of impossible to believe, right? Because we we'd been led to believe over the course of like eight or nine years that this guy's neck and spine were just jelly, and that you know if he fell off his bicycle again, which ultimately is actually what led to him being cleared, he could be seriously injured, let alone take a bump. And it, it was just a perfect moment um, in that busy ass building. You know, the clock ticking down. He's got a great entrance theme for a surprise comeback mm. as well. With the, you've been, the brr, brr, brr. That's my impression of Alter Bridge. Um, <laughs> Pretty spot to be fair. Yeah, I was nailed it. I've absolutely nailed it. Uh, shout outs to Creed as well. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, it was flawless. It was literally flawless. I watched that show. I don't think I watched it live. I think I woke up at like four in the morning and watched it before starting work. And the noises that came out of my mouth were inhuman. It was just, mm. I, I think it resonates a bit stronger as well because it ha- came like two months before wrestling got weird, right? And and the world shut down a little bit. So you might look back on these events just before that a little bit more fondly. But I can't, I just can't get beyond it. Obviously, you know, if you want me to be a real dork, uh, I can go back to things like Hogan is the third man and Lex Luger showing mm, up on the yeah. first episode of, of Nitro and everything else. But um, I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I think the surprise that resonates most strongly with me is Edge coming back last year. I thought it was, it was perfect. Yeah, uh, I have very, very fond memories of that Royal Rumble uh, as a result. That, that's exactly where my mind went to, particularly because I remember doing that Royal Rumble stream, walking out of the office and then thinking, I'm not back in the office for three weeks. And I was going on holiday to Jamaica. Uh, and the, yeah, the only other time I've got so many excited text messages from friends was when we landed in Jamaica and found out there'd been an earthquake whilst we've been in the air. <laughs> so thanks to everyone at the What Culture office for checking on me with that one. Um, yeah, my mind immediately went to Edge with that because like you say, even though we had that, I can't remember what year it was, but that SummerSlam, I think it was, where he speared Elias. You were like, that's one spear. That's not wrestling. It's still a bump to a certain extent, but it's not the same. And like you say, I still refuse, despite the fact that the job we do and often we get these things kind of spoiled, I still kind of refused to accept that that was going to be a possibility. So that is exactly where my mind went. Obviously, we have to mention the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania. Uh, I... I have so many fond memories of that. I remember watching that. Yeah, yeah. Is it what's it called? Is it Amazonette? Where it's like my housemate's room basically stretched over our lounge, but there was like there was it wasn't like there was the, all the floor covering it, so the, the noise would go up there. And my housemate was working on the uh, breakfast show, so when we both worked on commercial radio, so I was sort of quietly watching WrestleMania in the living room, just going, oh yeah, I'll just I'll just keep it down. He came and watched for a bit and then he said, like, I've got to go to bed because I've got to be up at like 5 a.m. or whatever ridiculous time it was. And I was like, you know, just watching them show going, yeah, like quietly whenever stuff happened. And then the Hardy Boys music, we got the new day, obviously bring them out. And I couldn't control myself. I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> that was such a great moment as well, because the way they played the, the way they played that up was genius because I'm pretty sure either that day or the day before the Hardy Boys had wrestled the Young Bucks in a Ring mm. of Honor tag team title ladder match. And then, you know, the New Day come out and they're like, they're in their gear. And it's like, you think that they're going to go, we're the surprises. And then it's the Hardy Boys and Matt's doing the delete and everything else. It, that was another one that was just so pure and why you watch mm. no matter how old and cynical and gnarly you get you still pop for moments like that i'll mention a couple of honorable mentions as well why the hell not um i thought sting's wwe debut was incredible right 
obviously the things that came after that not so incredible but the moment itself the arena going black and black and white and him coming out being the last guy to come over from wcw survivor series 2014 helping dolph ziggler banish the authority until next week uh, that was great <laughs> Um, and also, I, I really still pop huge as well for The Rock's unveiling on Raw as the host of, was it WrestleMania 27, I think? Yes. One of those shows. Been. Yeah. One yeah, of those shows. It was, it was 27, 28, and 29. I'm trying to remember the, yeah, the three, the order that we went That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, man, great. I love a surprise in wrestling. And, you know, it's a shame that we're now in an era where surprises are often kind of just advertised ahead of time to pop rating. That sucks. That's no fun. I understand why you do it, TV man, but give me my thumb back or I'm going to complain about it on Twitter. <laughs> we'll have to, Sting's going to come up again because we have to mention him in, in AEW. That oh, was yeah. that was yeah. a real, real high point for them. Um, it's tinged with annoyance, Kevin Dunn, but I have to say AJ Styles popping up yeah. at the Royal Rumble, of course. Uh, especially yeah. considering the career he's gone on to have in WWE. We all knew he could, whether or not they were going to let him, was it was a very different thing. And you know what? As much as I moan about him and take the piss on a regular basis nowadays, I have to say, Shane O'Mac, that yeah. award ceremony, I watched that on a loop for about a week, just popping my little tits off when his little sweaty bollocks walked out to the ring because it was like it, it, i realize now why i loved it so much i was just like it's i say this often it's the oh look look everyone it's not stephanie <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, saved wrestlemania as well man like had a big impact on ticket sales and stuff so you know for all the mocking we do of shane mcmahon's sweaty bollocks uh Listen, that was that was it was great stuff. Sometimes even sweaty bollocks men can be cool. <laughs> and it, it was awful what came off after it. But I will say, obviously, we can mention CM Punk returning and blah blah blah. But also Kevin Nash just showing up. Like everything that happened was nonsense. But at the time, you were just like, oh, what, what's yeah. Kevin Nash doing? And then they cash in and all that. So yeah. Great stuff. Uh, it, it, I'm sure we could go on and talk about lots and lots more, but uh, do let us know yours at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter, and I'll find out some more questions for you now. Uh, Tom says, big, big question this. Do you think we will get Lashley versus Lesnar this year? And he squeezed two questions in one. And who is your early pick to win money in the bank? Oh, wow. Um, so it's it, easy to look at situations like this it's very easy to take the cynical approach which is often the right approach when it comes to these things in wwe and say well no wwe doesn't give us nice things so of course they're not gonna book bobby lashley versus brock lesnar but i kind of think that they will mm. um you look at the title run that bobby's had so far and whether or not you want to do this for the belt is up for debate and I think when he won it, a lot of people, ourselves included, uh, expected WWE to put it back on Drew at WrestleMania so mm -hmm. that he could have his moment, his WrestleMania moment in all of this. And look, there is a chance that, that Drew might win this belt back at Hell in a Cell. In fact, if he beats Kofi next week in the match that will get a finish, we promise, <laughs> um, I think he would probably be considered the favorite because he's lost a couple of times already. 
that being said, Bobby's been presented really well. I think he's been one of the best booked wrestlers in WWE this year. He never loses pretty much. He never loses compared to, uh, and that's not a luxury that's afforded to everyone who's positioned at the top of the card. He uh, is the centerpiece of Raw. He is often one of the few guys who makes that just dreadful television show watchable most weeks. And uh, I think they've finally nailed how to how to book Bobby Lashley. It's a match that Bobby's wanted for a long, long time. He talks about it quite often. Uh, Brock Lesnar, they're never going to be shy of putting Brock Lesnar in a big spotlight, are they? Um, <laughs> I, It's hard for me to give like a definitive yes on this because there are so many things that just tell you, no, they're not going to do it. Brock traveling in the middle of a pandemic being one of them. I don't think he's too keen on that. But um, I'm leaning more towards yes with this, honestly. And I, I really want to see it. Big meaty men just smashing into each other. How could you not love that? Yeah. As far as money in the bank goes, um, favorites? Ooh, I could tell you who I want to win. Sami Zayn and Sonya Deville, as we've mm-hmm. agreed on several times. As far as favorites go, it's after Otis, right? It's really hard to say <laughs> who's the favorite, isn't it? Because they can just do anything. Um <laughs> But I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Alistair Black would be a good choice on the men's side. Um, hopefully they, they finally figure out a way to make that guy feel like a big deal again. Yeah, Sonia Deville for me uh, yeah. is, is the perfect women's Money in the Bank winner. And now we found out he's going to be back or certainly he's being advertised for the for the show before it. I think Edge. I think Edge might win it, you know. A one big E, but I think it might be Edge. Sami Zayn would be, oh, oh God, that would make me so happy. But I don't think it's going to be. I mean, Edge or Big E, I'll be happy. Let's be honest, like you say. Yeah. The amount of times we've preview, either previewed this as a podcast or just spoken about this with my friends and gone into it and gone, oh my God, could it be Could it be Ricochet? Could it be Could it be Finn? Could it be Mustafa Ali? Oh, it's Brock. It's Brock, is it? Okay, it's Brock. It's Brock. <laughs> okay. Why wouldn't Mustafa just grab the... Never mind. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and in terms of, yeah, the, the, the match, we always moan and moan and moan about WWE, but they don't half over-deliver sometimes when they know they're like, yeah, we're giving you a lot of crap for a while. We'll give you something good. WrestleMania 35 is a perfect example of this. Imagine if they went, hey, I'm giving you a lot of crap. Thanks for sticking with us through the pandemic. Here's Roman versus Cena and Brock versus Bobby at SummerSlam. Like, that's feasible. That could happen. Yeah, but if you want to fill a stadium, and by all accounts, it sounds like they want to fill a stadium in Las Vegas... You could do a lot worse, couldn't you? You could, you could literally have those two matches and an Elias concert in between the two of them, and it would still sell out without question. Yeah, exactly. You could book a Jackson Riker political address in the middle of it, and it would still <laughs> sell like hotcakes. Uh, get Becky on that card as well, man. Why not? Let's see what oh, we can do. Oh, my days. And Rick Boogs, obviously. Uh, right, moving on to some more <laughs> questions. DM City, I just wanted to mention this so I can... Uh, uh, mentioned the podcast that I do regarding Dungeons and Dragons. DMC says, your character in D&D, Titus, is a bad mother effer. If you're unaware, Andy, my character is called Titus Thunderbastard Caligarvi. He is a seven-foot-tall Goliath who, yes, wrestles in a singlet because you've got to, you've got to work with what you know. I'm not doing any of these bollocks spells or anything. He headbutts open doors, he does backflips, and he suplexes fools for fun. Uh, DMC says... Who would you like to see him face in any promotion? My guess would be Lance Archer or Braun Strowman. Well, I'd like to see him tag with Titus O'Neil, obviously, his inspiration behind his name. But uh, Drake Maverick? Yeah, I've seen wrestle Drake Maverick. <laughs> Laughing it. Drake I have Maverick. no idea what any of this is, so 
Poke- Pokemon. I'd like to see a- <laughs> Honestly, I was exactly the same as you and then sort of dip my toe in Dungeons and Dragons and never not be able to look back since. If you want to know more about that, Dice with Death podcast. Uh, thank you for the easy plug there for the question there, DMC. Um, right, I want to want to finish here with a great question we've got from JD of the KY. Uh, I love this question. If you had a time-traveling phone booth and had to save the future by doing a high school presentation on pro wrestling, <laughs> who do you bring from the past? So we're effectively doing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for a wrestling presentation for some reason to save the future. Not even the future of pro wrestling, just the future. But Andy, who would you bring? Oh my God, this is such a good question because there's such a wide range of people who have vastly different experiences in pro wrestling, but ridiculous pails of knowledge um, to, to share on the world, man. Look, I could say I, I could pick a wrestling promoter who I feel their philosophy of wrestling is in line with mine. I could say Bill Watts or Larry Matisik or whoever else. I could even say Vince McMahon, the, ex- the eccentric lunatic that he is, um, dominating the industry for like 30, 40 years. But I'm going to give an answer that a lot of people aren't going to like, but just hear me out for a second, right? My answer is Dave Meltzer. Oh! <laughs> right? Let, you know, let's get some stuff out of the way first. You, you don't have to like the guy's opinions on wrestling. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like what he gives six or seven star matches to. And that's fine. No worries. No worries. You don't like that. have to like the same stuff as him. Uh, maybe you don't like how he acts on Twitter. Uh, maybe you don't like that he made that comment about Peyton Royce a few years ago or whatever. Um, there, you, you have plenty of reasons to subjectively not click with a person. That's totally fine. But I think objectively, the one thing that nobody can disagree with when it comes to Dave Meltzer. I think even if you cannot stand the man, you have to accept that that guy, having documented this sport for however many decades, writing tens of thousands of words about it every single year, has forgotten more about pro wrestling than the vast majority of people walking this earth will Mm -hmm. ever learn. And he demonstrates it every single week. You read an observer, you want the historical context of something. When somebody passes away, for example, mm. Jim Crockett passed away earlier, earlier this year, the obituary and the details and the run-through of what this man meant, what he did, how he lived, his contributions to wrestling was second to none. There are other wrestling historians out there who are, I'm sure, just as knowledgeable and everything else. But for like a full breadth of pro wrestling over the past however many years in Mexico, in the United States, Europe, Japan, wherever else. I appreciate that, you know, if you had him speak on a, on a public forum, he'd be um and ah a lot because that's his style of delivery and it might not, you know, be the most animated uh, address you've ever heard. But it's Dave Meltzer, man. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. He just knows more about this sport than almost everyone, despite... Um, some of the criticisms that go his way. So, hey, listen, I, I appreciate that that's going to piss a few people off, but uh, as his name does, but I feel it's the truth. 
that's I think it's a hell of a shout. I think what I'd do is I'd if you're going to do that, I'd have Dave Meltzer, but I'd also bring Brian Alvarez to try and keep him on a bit of a tight leash. Just, like you say, <laughs> yeah. just, just to keep him. Come on, Dave, let's get to the point. We don't need to know the timings of this match. You just need to explain the history of stuff. Um, it's tough, this. There's a few in my mind. Like when I first read this question, I thought it was like a wrestler coming back to like cut a promo almost. And so if I'm going to do that, cut a promo on the history of wrestling, it's going to be The Rock because he's my favorite wrestler of all time. And, you know, like The Rock from 1999 or 2000 or whatever, just be magnificent. But we're not going to do that. Uh, Drake Wirtz? No. Um, <laughs> am I the to join the cult? All right. If my other option was going to be Matt Stryker, considering he is, you know, your teacher, so he could he could really help with the, the wrestling presentation. <laughs> but I'm going to go, seeing as you've gone that direction, I'm going to go Jim Cornette. Now, oh, baby. <laughs> now I mean, talk about stirring the, the internet wrestling community's melting pot of discussion here. I probably... Just just for, you know, I have mixed emotions on his current uh, on his current rants. Some of them I still find very entertaining Um, and he's obviously entitled to his opinion. But just to stay on the safe side, I'd probably get Jim Cornette from, say, 10 years ago, because 10, 10, 15 years ago, I just feel like. You know, I don't really feel his opinions have changed that drastically in the interim, but I feel like they were really crystallized, you know, around that time. And, you know, he it wasn't like he just worked for WWF and WCW and then just sort of he he did some great stuff in Ring of Honor. And he has got an incredible wrestling mind. And the reason why so many people listen to him, you know, he may have had his back and forth with one person. I wouldn't pick his bloody Vince Russo. The way he may have had his back and forth with Vince Russo, but he's justified in a lot of things that he says. And so, you know, some of the things are his opinion, but the reason why, yeah, this is what I was going to say. The reason why so many people to this day parrot his opinions online is because for a certain subsection of the wrestling community, they still hold true. Whatever your opinions on AEW, um, I probably wouldn't get him to talk about AEW if I'm perfectly honest. I'd try and keep him on the straight and <laughs> straight and narrow. But yeah, I growing up, he was certainly someone, and and certainly when I sort of got back into wrestling, he is someone I'd look up and and my word, if you want someone to, you know, he's he's again a bit like Meltzer, his memory for 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 wrestling, especially yeah. his experiences, of course, is incredible, and uh, yeah. I'd just love to have someone put their hand in the air and like a little kid in the classroom. I don't know why we're doing this in the classroom, but still a little kid in the classroom puts his hand in the air and asks him like, was Vince Russo really that bad? And then he cuts a promo on the kid. I just want to yeah. be there for that. But yeah, it's a great question. And I'm sure it's going to inspire a great deal of debate in the what yeah. culture office as well. Cornette's a great ex- answer for this as well, because you could apply pretty much a lot of what I said about Dave Meltzer to the, the same thing here. Um, the thing about him with, with like modern wrestling, he has proved himself either to be completely out to lunch on AEW, which he said was going to be out of business in a year, mm-hmm. um, famously, and that it would be a total flop, despite you know having its TV deal renegotiated twice and everything else. Um, and 
that's what it is. You, you you can filter those opinions out. You can do whatever you want with them. But like historically, this guy's knowledge, you've, you've probably all seen, or if you haven't seen, Google it, look on YouTube right now, his uh, vault of stuff yeah. at Castle Cornet, like this whole loft of just old wrestling memorabilia. He's another one whose wrestling knowledge is obviously impossible deep, impossibly deep. The problem mm-hmm. with him, of course, is that these days he plays that up and he he knows he knows that the ripping into to AEW and other modern wrestling is good for his business, so he does it. Um, and he inspires these goobers who are on Twitter, like tagging him in dangerous, quote unquote, dangerous gifts, going, "Hey Jim, what do you think of this?" But the other side of him is that he's a tremendous historian who, like Dave, has learned more about, forgotten more about wrestling than most people will ever forget. He was also a great manager. He was a great commentator. Jim and Dave, it kind of pains me a little bit that they don't get on anymore because yeah. you think, like, imagine a, like a weekly podcast between those two guys with their shared knowledge of wrestling all around the world. It would go about seven hours every week. <laughs> it's a real shame that we have, you know, certain personalities that, 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 that bounce off each other. But this is a great question. I wish we could talk about it for an hour. Thank you so much for sending it in. I love it. Mm. And we'll uh, we'll maybe revisit this. Maybe I'll ask this on the next Q and A podcast uh, with the the other what culture guys I get on it because I, I would love to know people's answers. Yeah, Ben Roy on Ben Roy will say Ezekiel Jackson. No, no doubt. Or or DiBiase Jr. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I just find a word on Jim Connor. I think, like you say, he's a divisive guy. Um, but there is a reason why people like the guys behind Dark Side of the Ring lean on him so much because he's encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. Actually, I just I'll just have Hamlet because he he's this basically the same, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's older than both Dave and Jim combined. So there you go. Uh, right, right. Well, let us know your thoughts on everything we discussed. Uh, and uh, of course, you can keep sending us questions, which we answer every single day on the news at What Culture WWE on Twitter. Watch. They can follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at. Volney at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for hello. You follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts uh, and more of these Q&As to come in the future. But thanks once again to Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.